Good evening, everyone. This is Brother Brennan coming to you live from Fort Smith, Arkansas, with another Fisher's Men video broadcast. It is good to be here with you today. And um, today, to like to welcome everyone to tonight's Bible study. It's already Tuesday night already, and time certainly flies by real quick. And my computer is going wonky. Weird. Very weird. My computer's going very wonky. I don't know why it's going wonky, but it's going wonky. Um, so we'll just sort of wait till it decides to get back up. Um, but it is good to be here this evening. And uh, we are going to be going through here Matthew chapter 4. And in Matthew chapter 4, we're going to be getting into the temptations of Jesus. And um, the, the, the first three temptations that he faces um, right after he uh, is baptized. And so we're going to be taking a look at that tonight. Um, also remember, Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. And uh, that is the day that we commemorate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ from the grave. And the victory that he won over the grave as well as victory over death. So keep that in mind that this Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. Um, so I can't, that's already, that's already coming up here real quick. So that's, that uh, will be a good day. Amen. And um, what else? Last Sunday was Palm Sunday. Uh... I think that's it for that but um prayer requests uh, i guess kind of like the normal prayer request if you can kind of keep me you know please pray for me pray for uh my ministry pray for my videos um pray for my pray for my videos um that's a biggie i'll tell you why here um so apparently um, I preached a message Sunday night after I came home from church. I preached a message entitled Sodom and Gomorrah. And I put it on YouTube. And for some reason, it showed that YouTube had taken down the video. Which is really weird. Um, which, you know, fine, whatever. They took it down, right? But here's where it gets weird. Okay. So it showed that they took it down, but like literally the next day it was back up again. So it was like, okay, did they take it down, put it back up? What did they do with it? Because it's like YouTube just went wonky. I mean, one day it was gone and the other day it was up. So I don't know. So y'all pray for that. And you pray for my videos. Um, apparently, YouTube don't like the truth. And I don't think they like me very well, which I really can care less if they do or don't. So y'all pray for me. Pray for my ministry. Pray for my videos. <clears throat> um, let's see here. Uh, pray for Brother Joey for his pain that he has. Um, ever so often, he has pain that he goes through, so pray for him. Um, do pray for our brothers and sisters across our nation. Um, 
we need to pray. I mean, there's just a lot. There just seems to be a lot of prayer that we need to be praying about. Amen. So, you know, just keep that in mind and let's pray for one another and lift each other up in prayer. Um, other than that, that is all I have for prayer requests, praises. If you guys have a prayer request or praise, you can feel free to mention it in the comments below. All those on Facebook or, or anything like that, if you want to mention it in the comments, feel free to do so. But if you don't want to, that's okay. That's that's fine with me. That's your choice. Okay? So, um, other than that, I think we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, I got a lot of information, a lot of verses to go through. So, we're going to kind of like spitfire all this. And I'm currently working on... Next week's uh, one is chapter 5, and there is a lot there. And chapter 5 has like 48 verses, so we may not get through all of it. We may not get through all of chapter 5. I think we might we might split that in half. We might do like verses 1 through like, I think we'll probably do like 22 or 23. And then we'll just sort of split up some of these longer uh, chapters. So... Just kind of let you all know, um, you know, it is, it does have, uh, hang on. there is quite a bit of verses in chapter five, so we might split that up. Um, so anyways, so you pray for me on that as well. All right. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter four, Matthew chapter four, we're going to start in verse one and, uh, we'll be getting into the temptation, the first Three temptations of Jesus Christ. Now think about this. Three. Okay, you got the lust of flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Um, let's see here. I just while you guys are turning there, I just want to just I just want to share something with you guys here. First um, John chapter two verse sixteen. It says, "For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh." And the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the but but is of the world. Now, when you think about this, okay, so we see that these three categories of sin, okay, they're of the world. Now, Jesus calls Satan the God, little G, of this world. Okay. Um, and so, we understand that Satan is the god of this world, little g. He is the tempter. He is the accuser. And so, what we're going to be seeing here in chapter 4 is Satan tempting Jesus with the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And so, we're going to go through these. And uh, we'll kind of explain some things along the way, okay? So bear with me, but uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. So again, Matthew chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 1. Um, it says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God... Command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, what we see here is this has taken place after that Jesus was baptized. Okay, so when John the Baptist had baptized Christ, um, then it was after this that Jesus was led of the Spirit to, into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Okay, now, the first thing we see here is that he, he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. That's a long time to fast. Okay, and so he was hungry. So, anytime that you say, I'm hungry, just know that Jesus knows how you feel. Okay, because he fasted 40 days, 40 nights, and it says that he was a hungered. Okay, he felt that. He was hungry. He wanted to eat something. Now, we have the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Okay? This here, I believe, is the lust of the flesh that Satan is going to be tempting Jesus of. Because it says that he fasted and he was hungry. Okay? So... When he, when he was a hunger, it means he wanted to eat something. Okay? This is why I say this is going to be a temptation to the flesh. Because he was fasting, and he was a hunger, and he wanted to eat. Okay? But there's a purpose as to why he didn't eat. There's always a purpose to think. Now, I may not know exactly what that purpose is till I studied out further, but there is certainly a purpose. Okay, so it says, when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. So Satan was tempting Jesus to take stones and command them to be bread. Could he have done that? Yes, he could have. But remember, this is gearing towards the lust of the flesh. Okay, the lust of the flesh. Alright, so, but take a, look at, take a look at what Jesus says. He says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Okay, sure, is it, is it good to feed our bodies? It is, because we naturally need to eat. But sometimes it is also good to fast and just, not just fast, but also to read the word. And we should be reading the word daily. Why? Because we are supposed to be living off of the word of God. The things that are written in the word of God, we are. This is where we live by. It's not just bread alone, but it's by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This is your Bible. We live off every word of this Bible. Amen. This is, your, your Bible is what we live off of. Why? Because it's where our faith comes in. If there is no Bible, there is no faith. Let me say it this way. An absence of the Word of God is an absence of faith. 
Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the word of God. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Why? Because it builds your faith. An absence of the word of God is an absence of your faith. So we see that this temptation is geared, I believe, towards the lust of the flesh. Amen? Now, Mark chapter 1, verse 12 to 13, it says, And immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness, and he was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered unto him. Luke chapter 4, verse 1 through 2. It says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, it says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. James chapter 1, verse 14. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away drawn away of his own lust and enticed. In Exodus 34, 28, it says, When he was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights, he did neither eat bread nor drink water and he wrote upon the tables of the words of the covenant the ten commandments and first kings chapter 19 verse 8 and he arose and did not eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights unto horeb the mount of god matthew 14:33 then they that were in the ship came and worshiped him saying of a truth thou art the son of god Matthew 16, 16. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Matthew 20, uh, 26, 63. But Jesus held his peace, and the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God, that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. Mark 1, 1. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Mark three eleven. it says, And unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him and cried, saying, Thou art the Son of God. And Mark 5, 7, And cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment, torment me not. In Luke chapter 1 verse 35 it says, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3. Now, if I remember correctly, this is the verse that Jesus quoted Satan. Okay? It says, And he, he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know, 
that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Can I tell you something, guys? And gals, ladies, and gentlemen, can I just tell you something? Do you know how you get rid of the you know do you know how you get rid of the devil? With three words. It is written. It is written. It is written. You get rid of the devil by quoting scripture. And this is exactly what Jesus did. But he answered and said, It is not, it is written, Men should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of, out of the mouth of God. If you want to get the devil away from you, you quote scripture to him. Quote the whole verse. You know Why? Because when scripture is when scripture is said and preached and taught and quoted, the devil hates it. So he flees, he runs away. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Amen. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. In John 15, verse 26, but when the comforter has come. Whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Luke 4, 4. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. It says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have Amen, that we might have hope. Now, let's continue on here. So we see here that this first temptation, I believe, is geared towards the lust of the flesh. Now, this, I think, is going to be geared towards the lust of the eyes. Okay? The second temptation of Jesus is going to be geared towards the lust of the eyes. Let's pick up here in verse, in verse 5. And uh, we'll read through verse 11. It says, Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time... Thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Let's stop right there for a second. So this one, actually, I think this this could possibly be the pride of life too. I'm not. I, I'm not. I mean, it could be the. It could very well be the pride of life. Um, not the lust of the eyes, because I think that was that's going to be the last one. But this is, I think this could possibly be the pride of life. But you let me know what you think, all right? But 
we see here that the devil puts him on a pinnacle and says, cast yourself down if thou be the son of God. And you notice that Satan quotes scripture. But he doesn't quote the whole scripture. He only quotes like part of the scripture. Okay? And I'll prove it. Let's go here. Let me come here real quick. So he quotes only part of it. Oh, let's see here. And it's actually more than just, it actually, he only quotes part of these scriptures. He doesn't actually quote the whole thing. Okay, but in Psalm 91, verse 11, it says, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. So we see that Satan had quoted two full scriptures, but he only stopped there. He didn't continue on. Do you know why? Because this is the next part. Verse 13. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and the dragon shall thou trample underfoot. So Satan knows. Lucifer knows the scriptures. But he deliberately left out verse 13. Do you know why? Because he didn't like it. He didn't like it. Little Lucifer Dragon didn't like it. He probably is little. I don't know. I think I think when we get into eternity, we're going to find out exactly who he is and what he looks like. And we're going to be surprised. Because the Bible says, is that he that, 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 that confounded the nation? You know, we're going to be surprised at who he really is. But Satan deliberately left that out because he didn't like it. Think about the modern Bible translations. Think about when you compare the King James to like the NIV. Do you know why there are verses missing in the NIV and all these other modern translations that you, you know, do you know why there's things that that are in the King James that you can't find in the modern translations? Do you know why? It's the same reason why Satan left that verse out when he quoted it to Jesus. The reason why you find verses in the King James but not in the modern and the other modern Bible translations is because Satan doesn't like those. Just as, as he didn't like verse 13... So Satan did quote scripture, but he didn't quote the complete section of it. He left off verse 13. He only quoted verse 11 and 12. Think about that. Think about, think about that in perspective of the modern Bible translations. Satan hates the King James Bible. He absolutely hates it. The Vatican hates it. And by the way, if you do not believe, if you don't believe me on that fact, let me tell you a piece of history. 
November 5th, 16, I believe it was 1607, 8, 9, 10, 11, I think it was, no, 1605, is it 1605? Yes, because it was six years, it was November 5th, 1605, it, would, it was six years before the King James actually got released, okay? So, November 5th, 1605, the Jesuits, which are a uh, branch of Catholicism, hired a man named Guy Fawkes to actually to blow up Parliament to try to assassinate King James. And it's that same King James that they tried to assassinate. It was that same King James that gave us our King James Bibles. So think about that for a second. The Jesuits hired a man named Guy Fawkes to try to assassinate King James. The same one that gave us our King, our King James Bibles. Think about that. S November 5th, 1605. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. I'll give you a reason why Jesuit treason shall never be forgotten. The November 5th, 1605 gunpowder plot was was what that was. And it was six years before the King James, before King James finished translating the Bible. Six years before they tried to assassinate him. So I'm guessing this is probably right around the time that they were beginning, beginning this project. And already the devil didn't like it. So think about that. The devil didn't like this scripture, so he intentionally left it out. But you know what Jesus said? He came back and said, It is also written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Amen? Jesus knows what he's doing. Satan absolutely hates that King James Bible. Hates it. Mm-mm-mm. I'm telling you. Satan hates God's word. That's why he's able... And he knows it so well. That's why he's able to twist it and change it. Because he knows it. Sad. It's sad that Lucifer, Satan, actually knows the Bible better than your average Christian. Kind of sad. We need to be we need to be get we need to be getting into our Bibles, folks. There's no excuse. You have no excuse to not read your Bible. Mm-mm. You got you've got phone apps, you've got the pure Bible search software, you've got all these resources. There's no excuse. Especially now with the advancement in technology, you have absolutely no excuse. Okay, so we see that this temptation here is probably going to be like the, 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 the pride of life. Okay, so we see here that it says, um, in verse 7, it says, Jesus said unto him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. The last one, which I think is going to be more geared at, at the, lust, uh, the lust of the eyes. Okay, the lust of the eyes. Again, 
the devil taketh him up in an exceeding high mountain, and sheweth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. Think about that. Glory of these kingdoms, lust of the eyes. So you have the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and now we're looking at the lust of the the lust of the eyes. Okay. It says, And he saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and he be, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Each time you see Jesus say, it is written, it is written, it is written. Even when Satan himself said, it is written. Okay. Jesus came right back and said, it is written. Listen, folks, if you don't get into your Bibles, you are not going to be successful at beating the devil. Satan knows the word of God very well. He knows it because he is able to twist it. You can't twist something if you don't know something. Satan knows the word of God extremely well. Satan is no dummy. He ain't no dummy. And I'm not trying to give Satan more credit than he deserves, but he is no dummy. He's very smart. Jesus said to be as wise as serpents, folks. Let's not, let's not be ignorant of the word of God. The devil hates the word of God. If you want to get rid of him and other devils, you turn the light on. You know how, you know how you turn the light on? You quote scripture. This is the sword of the spirit, folks. Use it. Don't be complacent and not use the sword. You need to use the sword of the sword. Amen. Don't be complacent. <clears throat> now, um, Nehemiah chapter 11, verse 1, it says, And the rulers of the people dwelt at Jerusalem. The rest of the people also cast lots to bring one of ten to dwell in Jerusalem, the holy city, and nine parts to dwell in other cities. Isaiah 52, verse 1, it says, Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion, put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city, for henceforth there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 24, it says, Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins, and to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to set up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 53, it says, And it came, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. In Luke chapter 4, verse 9, it says, And he brought him to Jerusalem, and set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and sent unto him, 
If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from thence. Revelation chapter 11, verse 2, it says, but the, but the court which is without the temple leave out, and measure it not. For it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. In Psalm 91, verse 11 through, 11 through 13, we actually just read this verse, but I'm going to read it again. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash their foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shall thou trample under feet. In Luke chapter 4, verse 11, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest any, at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. In Exodus chapter 17, verse 2, it says, Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? In Deuteronomy 6.16, Ye shall not tempt the Lord your God, as ye tempted him in Massa. In Luke chapter 4, verse 12, it says, And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Acts 15.10 Now therefore why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? And Matthew 16 verse 26 For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? 1 John 2 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. In Luke chapter 4, verse 5, it says, And the devil taking him up in high mountain, shoot him all the kingdoms of the world at a moment of time. And John chapter 5, verse 20, it says, For the Father loveth the Son, and sheweth him all things that himself doeth. And he will shew him greater works than these, that ye may marvel. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20, it says, But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice the devils and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. In Exodus 23, 35, it says, And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. In Deuteronomy 6, verse 13 through 15, it says, Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him, and shall swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods, of the gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee, and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. I don't know about you, but that's 
that's a, a pretty hefty punishment. And you see that God takes sin very seriously. By the way, I just want to say that if you are a idolater, if you are committing idolatry, you are a spiritual whoremonger and a spiritual adulterer. Do you know why? Because when you commit idolatry, you're going after other gods and not the true God. In other words, you're cheating on God for other false gods. And God is a jealous God. Don't commit idolatry. Because idolatry is spiritual adultery and um, <clears throat> spiritual adultery is what it is. And the Bible is right when it says, if you break one, you broke all. Your Bible's right, people. Your Bible is right. 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 3, it says, And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord. And serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 8, it says, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only thou shalt serve. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 53 Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? And Mark chapter 1, verse 13, And he was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered on him. Okay, so we, we already had that one. I do apologize. There's been a lot of, there might be some areas where they kind of connect and in overlap so I do apologize um, I do try to make sure that there is no repeating verses um, but just bear with me okay so I do apologize for that um, in Luke chapter 22 verse 43 it says and there appeared an angel on him from heaven strengthening him in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 13 through 14 but to which of the angels said he at any time sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister? For them who shall be heirs of salvation? Angels are ministering spirits sent to those who are heirs of salvation. Amen. Now, let's pick up here in verse 12. It says, Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the sea coast and the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw a great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light has sprung up. 
From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 2. Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. Matthew 14, 3. For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias', Herodias sake, his brother Philip's wife. And Mark 1.14, it says, Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. In Luke 3.19-20, But Herod, the Tetrarch, being reproved by him for Herodias' his brother Philip's wife, and for all the evils which Herod had done, added yet this above all, that he shut up John in prison. So you want to know something? John reproved sin. John basically told Herod that what he did basically said that what Herod did was wrong and that he shouldn't have done so. And because they hated that message that John preached, they threw him in jail. You know, there's coming a time when we preach the gospel you might be arrested and thrown in jail because of what you preach and teach. This world is getting more wicked. And if the world senses that you have hate, or they think that you have hate because of what you preach, because you preach Christ, there's coming a time where they might throw you in jail because of it. Just a warning that that, that day is coming. Luke chapter 4, verse 14. And Jesus, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. In Luke 23, 5, it says, And they were the more fierce, saying, He stirreth up the people, teaching throughout all Jewry, beginning from Galilee to this place. In John 1.43, the day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip, and saith unto him, Follow me. And so what we're seeing right now is that Jesus is done with that trial for a season. So he comes out and he starts preaching. And what we're going to see here is it's going to lead into him calling his twelve disciples okay his 12 disciples and uh, we're going to actually see that here coming up here in the next in the next verses all right so you bear with me we're get we're we're moving right along here okay uh, Matthew chapter 9 verse 1 it says and he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city in Matthew eleven twenty three, it says, And thou Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. Jesus is saying, It's going to be more tolerable, tolerable in the day of judgment for Sodom than for you. Because they rejected. They heard the truth and rejected it. Versus in Sodom, there was no prophet. 
that went to Sodom. No prophet. Mm-mm. Nope. There was no word of the Lord that was preached in Sodom. Except to Lot and his family to get out because they were it was going to be destroyed. But there was no prophet. And so therefore, it's going to be more tolerable, tolerable in the day of judgment for Sodom than for any city that rejects the word of God. Amen. Um, Mark chapter 1 verse 21, it says, And they went to into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. And Mark chapter 2 verse 1, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. Luke 4.23, it says, And he said unto them, Ye will surely say unto me this proverb, Physicians, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard, have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. Um, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 2. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be as was in her vexation, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan and Galilee of the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. So this was to fulfill that which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Uh, Luke, uh, Luke chapter 24 verse 27. And, the, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them, in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. In Luke chapter 1, verse 79, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. In Luke chapter 2, verse 32, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. In Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, it says, Arise. Shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, it says, And saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, taken from the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. In Mark chapter 1, verse 14 through 15, it says, Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. In Luke chapter 3, verse 23, And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, as was supposed the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli. Jesus was about 30 years old when he started his ministry. Um, Alright, let's pick let's go back to Matthew, Matthew 4, and let's pick up here in verse 18. 
and we will read through 22. It says, And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two, bro two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their, gets, left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Um, so a couple things I want to mention here uh, before we get into the verses here. Uh, fish of the men, that is, the, that is actually uh, what we just read here, where Jesus said, I will make ye fishers of men. This is actually one of the verses, like one of the theme verses of my ministry. Because fishers of men ministries, right? So that's, that is my personal ministry. You know, Pastor Mike has um, the Watchmen broadcasts. Um, you got Pastor Cooley that has the, uh, OP, the OPBC broadcasts. I have the Fishers of Men broadcast. And the Fishers of Men comes from when Jesus says, and he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you Fishers of Men. You know, when you fish, you have a hook and you got bait, and you put the bait on the hook and you go fishing and you catch fish. Well, I'm here to tell you that all you really need is just your hook, just a bare hook, the Word of God. You know, hooks are very sharp. They are at the very end. They're very sharp. If you touch it hard enough, you'll prick your finger. The word of God is what? It's as sharp as a two-edged sword. And if you really want to catch people and bring them to Christ, all you really need is the word of God. You don't need, you don't need to sugarcoat it. You don't need bait put on your hook. You just need to cast it forth. And Christ will bring the increase. It's kind of like this. You know, when... Came tax time, Jesus told Peter, he said, go catch, go catch the fish. And the first fish that you'll have, the first fish that you catch will have two, two coins in its mouth. Take the two coins, one for me, one for you, and pay the tax. That's a, that's a paraphrase. So you see what I'm saying is that Jesus will draw people to him. When a soul gets saved, it's because Christ, the Holy Ghost, draws them to Christ. It has nothing to do with what you did. It's what God did. Amen. But you have to be obedient to preach the word and to give the truth regardless of how hard it is. Amen. That's what we're called to do. Um, the second thing I want to say is this. Jesus says that if you love your father or mother more than me, you're unworthy of me. You're not worthy to be my disciples. And can I tell you something? 
when Jesus came to the brothers of Zebedee, the sons of Zebedee, the, the sons, the two sons of Zebedee, the, the two brothers, right? When Jesus said, come follow me, you know what they did? They left their livelihoods. They left their father. They left all that they did and want to follow Christ. Can I ask you something today, Christian? Are you that committed to serving Christ? If Christ tells you, come follow me, would you be willing to leave your family, your jobs, to leave everything behind to follow after Christ? Would you? Because if you're not, Jesus said, you're not worthy to be my disciple. Just saying. Are you, are you, are you willing to make that sacrifice and follow Christ? Amen. Just, just, just some food for thought. Um, Ezekiel chapter 47 verse 10 and it shall come to pass that the fishers shall stand upon it from Engedi even unto Engalim they shall be a, a place to spread forth nets their fish shall be according to their kinds as the fish of the great sea ex exceeding many Matthew chapter 10 verse 2 through 4 now the names of the twelve apostles are these the first Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the publican, James the son of Alphaeus and Labius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. And Matthew chapter 15, verse 29, And Jesus departed from thence, and came nigh unto the Sea of Galilee, and went up into a mountain, and sat down there. And Matthew sixteen eighteen it says, And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That rock that Jesus is talking about is himself. He's not talking to Peter. Peter is not the first pope. Jesus said on this rock, meaning himself, he will build his church. Do you know why? Because if Jesus was talking about Peter, you will have pretty much of a shaky foundation, wouldn't you? Because Peter is just as much of a sinner as, as was anybody else. The foundation of the church was not Peter. The foundation of the church is Christ. Because Christ is the rock in which we build our life upon. Amen? Now, uh, Matthew not Matthew, Mark chapter 1, verse 16. Now, as he walked, walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. 
Mark chapter 7, verse 31, And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came onto the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis. Um, Mark chapter 10, verse 28, Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. Luke chapter 5, verse 11, And when they had bought, brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Matthew twenty twenty, Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. Matthew twenty six thirty seven, And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Mark chapter 1, verse 19, And we had gone a little further thence. He saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the ship, mending their nets. In John chapter 21, verse 2, it says, They were together. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. In Luke chapter 5, verse 11, it says, And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Amen. The disciples forsook all just to follow Christ. Amen. And that's a lesson I think we all need to learn. Sometimes we need to forsake all just to follow Christ. Now, we're almost done. We're, uh, let's pick up here in verse 23, and we're going to read through verse 25, and we've got some more verses to read, and we'll, we'll close. But we're almost done here, so hang on with me, and just bear with me here just, just for a little bit. <clears throat> in verse, picking up in verse uh, 23 of Matthew chapter 4, it says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick, people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee and from Decapolis and from Jerusalem and from Jeru Judea and from beyond Jordan. Okay. Uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, it says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. In Luke chapter 4, verses 14 through 15, it says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out fame of him throughout all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. In Luke chapter 4, verse 40, it says, Now when the sun was setting, all they had, all that, all they that had any sick with diverse diseases brought them onto him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. 
1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 2. Now I prepared with all my might for the house of my God, the gold for things to be made of gold, and the silver for things of silver, and the brass for things of brass, the iron for things of iron, and wood for things of wood, onyx stones and stones to be set, glistering stones and of diverse colors, and all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 6, it says, And saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, palsy grievously tormented. In verse 16 of Matthew chapter 8, it says, When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 28, it says, And when he was come to the other side of the country of the, the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass that way. Uh, Matthew chapter 8, verse 33, And they kept them, and they that kept them fled, and went their ways into the city, and told everything and what was befallen to the possessed of the devils. And Matthew chapter 9, verse 2, it says, And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. Mark chapter 3, verse 7 through 8. But Jesus withdrew himself with his disciples to the sea, and a great multitude from Galilee followed him, and from Judea, and from Jerusalem, and from Adumah, and from beyond Jordan, and they about Tyre and Sidon, a great multitude, when they had heard what great things he did, came unto him. And Mark chapter 5 verse 20, and he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. And Mark chapter 7 verse 31, and again departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came onto the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coasts of Decapolis. In Luke chapter 6, verse 17, And he came down with them and stood in the plain in the company of his, of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And guys, that is the last one. So I appreciate you all being so patient with me. I appreciate you all being patient with me. Um, but that is what I have for tonight. So tonight we looked at a lot of stuff. Okay, so first we start off with the three temptations of Jesus, which we got into 
about we got into the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life. We then see how Jesus overcame those temptations. We also saw that when Jesus, after those days were done, and after that trial, and after that, that the trials were done with that, we then saw how Jesus departed, started preaching the gospel and the kingdom of heaven coming near. And then, at, then we then we shift gears and start to see the calling of the twelve disciples. And then, as soon as the, the twelve disciples have been called, we start to see even more preaching of the gospel. We see Jesus healing all those who were sick with the palsy, and healing diverse things, um, those who are devil possessed, and all these things that have, you know people have been afflicted by. And so next week, we're going to be getting into Matthew chapter 5. We won't get through all of it, but we're going to be getting into the Beatitudes. We're going to be getting into what Jesus taught the disciples. And we're going to be getting into that and getting into um, just more of his message that he, is, he had preached to his disciples. So that is coming up here in Matthew chapter 5. We won't do all of it. We'll probably do half of it. So, you know, uh, 48 divided by 2, you're looking at, what, 20, 24. So we'll probably just, we'll probably go up to the verse 24 or wherever, somewhere around there. And uh, we will sort of stop. So we'll only do like half of chapter 5 next week. Okay? So hopefully that was a blessing for you guys. That was a lot of scripture that was read. Um, there's going to be a lot more coming your way. So you just hang, you know, I, I hope that you guys are getting something from this, that you're learning something from this. I hope that um, this is a blessing to you. Um, if it is a blessing to you, please share these videos. Um, I usually put the, the YouTube link up there. So please don't be shy to take the link and share it with others. Um, if it's something that you're blessed by, please share it with others, all right? Um, just as you freely receive, freely give. Amen? So that's all I ask. Um, other than that, that's going to be it for tonight. Um, Sunday, Sunday night after church, I will probably get into the resurrection of Christ. Um, because it is resurrection Sunday and Sunday, so don't forget that. And, um, so Lord willing, I'll be preaching something on that. Uh, and then next week we'll be getting into Jesus' message for his for his disciples. Amen. So with that said, um, that is all I have tonight. Um, I love you guys. God bless you. You guys have a blessed evening. Have a blessed week. And Lord willing, we will see you all on Sunday evening. All right. God bless you guys. Love you. See ya. Bye.